Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms in Sales podcast. This is your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by Amanda, our VP of Operations, and by our special guest, Melissa Forziat. Melissa is a small business marketing coach and an event manager with international experience in event and brand management. She is the founder and principal at Melissa Forziat Events and Marketing. Today, we're discussing how to develop a style and brand for success. Um, Melissa, welcome. Uh, welcome to our podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. And uh, let's get right in and dive into, so how do you define uh, style and brand? And how does it apply from a business or a career standpoint? Yeah, it's it's a good question to start off with uh, because I've learned, you know, I do a lot of work with business owners, but just in general in business, I, I find that people have sort of a wrong definition for what brand really is. Uh, the truth about brand and style is that it has more to do with what other people perceive from you than what you actually think you're putting out there. So when it comes to defining a style and a brand for the purposes of this conversation, it's really about what are you putting out there? How are you doing what you're doing? And how are other people picking up on it? in a way that they can sort of label who you are and what to expect from you. Um, you know, I, I think we can, it's easier to define what we do. Uh, you know, you can kind of look at the line items of a job description, or you can look at, uh, you know, the line items of uh, scope of work if you're negotiating a project, and you can say, this is what I do day to day. And it's sometimes easy to say why you do it. You might have a specific purpose or reason why you're doing it um, that's driving you to continue. But when it comes to the how, that's a space where we really differentiate ourselves. And, you know, we're able to put our own spin on, on how we operate. And it sets us apart from other people who may have similar services or similar experience to what we have. So um, th that to me is why it's important from a, a business or career standpoint, because really regardless of where you are, whether you are in a corporation or a nonprofit trying to make a name for yourself, or if you have your own business and you're trying to create a brand that will resonate with the audience that you want to reach, you have to prove why you are the right resource over whoever else has the experience that you have or whoever else has your products or services. So this style and brand is one of the ways that we get to do that. And we get to say, this is what makes me different. And this is what makes me uh, somebody who can connect to you, whoever's doing the hiring or whoever's doing the promoting. Right, right. And I like the the idea that that perception, it is that other side of the coin that that the individual and how they perceive you you know that's the truth and and you have to mold yourself uh, and you're so that you can receive that the perception that you're you want to convey that you're on the it's same page true yeah and you know 
I have actually found that they often don't line up um, unless we've really examined these things for ourselves. Um, unless we've really had many checkpoints where we've asked ourselves, what do I think I'm putting out there and then gotten feedback about it? Um, we often are not sure or not aware of how people are perceiving us. I see it a lot because I do a, a lot of workshops actually. And I do a lot of presentations where I meet with women in business or, or small business owners. And we talk about the brand and the style that they're putting out there. And a lot of times people will show me something, some sort of work product or some sort of physical product that they've created. And they'll ask me to critique it and I'll pick some element of it and say, you know, why did you choose this? And a lot of the time, the response that I get is because I liked it. Yeah. And it's so funny to me because um, nobody has ever really communicated this message if somebody's saying that to me, right? They're, they're making all of their decisions based on what resonates for them, but that's not why people hire you. That's not why people promote you. That's not why people contract with you. Um, they're looking for what resonates for them. So we always have to start with that in mind. And we don't inherently know that. We only know from our own perspective and our own standpoint. So we have to really find out. We have to dig deeper and see how people are perceiving us before we can actually know it. Um, and that just comes from picking up on social cues. It comes from picking up on feedback that you're given. It comes from soliciting that feedback and, and trying to find out uh, where people stand with you and what they're seeing when they see how you do things. Yeah, that really makes sense. Um, I think it can be pretty difficult to get outside of your own head about what you like and what appeals to you and try to see it from the perspective of, you know, the audience or community that you're trying to reach, right? Oh, it's so true. I mean, there's no way to know unless you ask. Um, and to be open to that feedback. Uh, a lot of times, um, particularly for women business owners or business owners of any nature, you often are investing time or money into building your brand. So when people get a little too far down the road, they haven't already asked for feedback. It becomes really hard to make those changes. It's like, oh, well, I just printed up a thousand business cards with this. Maybe I'll let those run out before I change it. Um, and it's the same in a corporate career or a nonprofit career where, you know, you might start getting down a certain road of, of how you think you're coming across. But the earlier we can, um, we can sort of jump in and find out exactly what people are picking up on, the more we can be adaptable to that. And hopefully if we stay open to that feedback over time, we can keep deciding and make, you know, making decisions about, is that where I want to be? And what do I do with this information? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I have a question. So it makes sense to have a brand for your company, but why would I need an individual brand and style for career success? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a really good question. When it comes to representing yourself in terms of getting hired for a job or for um, being promoted for work, the fact is there's probably a lot of people out there who have similar skill sets or similar experience. 
Um, we might we might not always be the most qualified person. Sometimes we are, but there are many other people in consideration at the same time. A lot of being successful in career is about positioning ourselves and asserting our value and asserting what we bring to the table. Um, and what, you know what I've found in my own life with the the women that I know is that we tend to be down players. We tend to say why we don't deserve something or why somebody else is better. We often defer to other people. And the truth is, you know, I can think of very few examples from the women that I've known in my life of women being tenacious in the workforce and really asking for what they want. But I can think of many examples of women explaining away why they shouldn't be eligible for a position or uh, downplaying themselves enough where they actually are doing a poor sales job of themselves. Um, I, I just find that this is something that is kind of rampant uh, among the women that I know at least. And so the, the way to combat this is by understanding your brand, understanding your style and understanding what you bring to the table, figuring out how to package it in a way that makes you a worthwhile investment of somebody's time and money when they're looking at talking to you, interviewing you, hiring you, um, and to really put ourselves forward in that way so we're under consideration, knowing that really in the career world, anything that you're up for, there's probably other people that are up for it too. And you really have to be assertive about setting yourself apart. So understanding how you're going to do what you do and why that brings value is part of us selling ourselves uh, to really uh, be worth a look and be considered for career advancement, whatever that looks like, whether that be getting a new job, whether it be getting promoted, whether it be taking on more responsibility or more manage, uh, more management. Um, these are all things that we have to earn and explain why we should have it. So leading with the, that personal brand and style is part of us developing all of that for ourselves. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying because I, I'm hearing a lot about women needing to that confidence and, you know, and how they're presenting themselves in both their, um, their physical state, you know, are they sitting up straight, rolling their shoulders back, making the eye contact, um, and in the style of the, the conversation that they have, and, you know, really putting themselves out as really being capable and responsible and on top of what they're, they're talking about and what they're doing. And so, I mean, I mean, I'm seeing that as some factors, but what other factors do you, do you, could you share with us about, you know, really creating a personal style and brand? Well, when it comes to style and brand, um, you know, there, there are a number of ways that this comes across. I think wh what we can really do to start dialing this down is to understand what our values are and to understand how we want to sound when we're talking and when we're communicating. If we can start with those two places, we can let that infuse into all the ways that comes across. And, you know, uh, in the way that style and brand are represented, that may come across in how we talk. Um, you just pointed out some really good examples of body language and um, tone of voice and all of the subtleties that we communicate 
outside of the words that we're using. Um, it could very well be, you know, visuals that we're creating for our business or, you know, how we respond to emails. All of this is part of how we're communicating a message. It can also be how we're dressing. Um, it can be where we choose to sit in a room. Um, all of these elements, there's so many layers to it. And there's so many uh, little decisions that we make that all go into the overall picture of our style and brand. So part of it is saying, who do I want to be? What do I want to be perceived as? Um, how do I want to show up every day? And really starting to put some labels on that for ourselves so that we have kind of an understanding of what we're working towards. And then being intentional about that and all the different aspects of how we interact with people. So if we know what we're working towards, it might help inform us how to create those habits when we're sending those emails and picking a seat at the meeting or you know how we're going to walk into the office or how we're going to dress that day. All of these things add up to the overall perception, uh, but we need to know what we're driving towards so we can make all these little decisions in unison. Right. If you know the why, then you're not going to rebel against your, you know, yourself against what you're trying to achieve. If you know the why and uh, then how you're going to achieve that. Absolutely. So it can be very difficult, I think, for a lot of women to learn to present themselves in a different way and kind of meet this brand that they would like to, to present. So for anyone who's listening, um, what can women do right now to start developing their brand? Yeah, uh, there are a couple things that I I like to do this with business owners, and I think this absolutely translates to women in business who are in a corporate career or who are establishing themselves in the nonprofit sphere or the government sphere. Um, it all kind of comes from the same place. I, I hit on a couple of words earlier that I think are important for this uh, in terms of developing a brand. And those words are values and tone. And to me, those two things very much inform how you do what you do and how you come across. Because no matter what it is that you're doing, whatever, you know, whatever the line item is that you're achieving that day, uh, whatever task in the job description, it's how you do it that differentiates you. So you know, when I think of how to differentiate myself or when I think about how to get people to think about how to do that, I like to start with saying, what are your values? Um, what do you strongly believe in? And, you know, you can look at lists of values online and just sit with them and, and ask yourself, who do you want to be? How do you want to show up every day? You know, is it important to you to be a team player? Is it important to you to be really punctual? Is it important to you to be incredibly honest? Is it important to you to, you know, what what are the factors that are things that can set you apart that you're going to be able to stick with long term because you, you don't want to have it be that you're choosing things that you're not going to be able to manage long term because that's just confusing for everybody. <laughs> but if you can make decisions about, you know, like how can I really truly consistently operate every day? Um, the, if you pick a few words like that, they can be words that you put, you know, somewhere visible where every single day you're seeing these and you're reminding yourself that 
whatever I do today in the office, I want it to be very honest, or I want it to be very strong and brave, or I want it to be whatever, whatever the words are that are inspiring you. I think the other, the other thing that is a secondary level of this um, and gets infused by values is tone. And, you know, it's how do I want to sound when I'm talking with people or how do I want to sound in whatever communication I am putting out there. And that can be a little bit different from values, right? Because you can be, um, you can be uh, a punctual, but you can, you can make that sound a lot of different ways in terms of how you're delivering that all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, like there's, yeah. there's different ways of having all these things come across. And tone is really what's going to make somebody want to network with you. It's going to make somebody feel connected to you. Um, and, it, you know, an example that I like to think about is, you know, if you can think of anybody that you follow and you know it could be a podcaster or it could be a blogger or it could be a late night talk show host or a newspaper columnist or you know somebody who's consistently putting out some sort of content uh, could be an author if you can think of somebody who comes to mind that you really enjoy consuming that material they're putting out and you know maybe there are other people in their genre and you're still going to go back to them every single time something new happens in their industry because you want to know what they have to say about it. You want to know what it is they're thinking about. And you just can't wait to hear what they have to say. Right. That is a on. person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you may not even be exclusively only going to them for that content. You may have many people that you're referring to, but you're always going to go back to this person. So if you can think of somebody like that, that you personally uh, follow, that person has created loyalty in you and they've created an interest from you in hearing what they have to communicate. And they've done that only by creating a really strong tone. They right. may very well have other people in their industry who are talking about exactly the same thing, but you are always gonna go back to them because you think, man, I, I really enjoy how they're coming across. I connect with that. So it's, it's the same with establishing a tone for your personal brand. You are giving people something that they want to come back to. And whether that be, you know, they want to have you in their meetings or they want to network with you or they think that you would be great at representing the company at external meetings. All of that comes from the tone that you set and the way you sound when you're communicating. So I think those two pieces are things that you know, women in business can do right now. They can look at a list of values and a list of tone and they can sit with it and they can circle them and they can think about, no, how do I want to come across long-term? How can I, what do I want to drive towards? And then once you've set those for yourself, you can start leaning into it and thinking, how does this change my little daily interactions if I want to drive towards these things? Right. And, and just recording yourself and listening to it and, and, and uh, evaluating, you know, how do I sound? What, what's, what am I com uh, communicating in my tone? And that's can be, it, sometimes it's hard for us to hear that, but you can also ask your peers or colleagues uh, to help you out with that. It's something you could do as a team exercise so that you could all improve together. Right. 
Absolutely. And this is something that an entire team of people can work on together and it can be something they reinforce for each other. And, you know, sometimes in, in, you know, in the beginning of doing something like this, if you're really setting a new direction for yourself, it's probably going to mean you're making bigger changes, but it can also be a series of little changes. And I find that I continue to make those changes myself. You know, I gave you earlier some, some thoughts on how women downplay themselves and I've seen it in myself too. And I've gotten more conscious of it, but it's something that I very much have to fight against. So every time I get a little tidbit about traditional ways or, you know, stereotypical ways that somebody might downplay themselves, I've really become um, alert to that in the way that I communicate with people. So recently, well, somewhat recently, I heard uh, something about use of the word just. Oh, yes. You know, oh, my yeah. gosh, yes. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Like starting out those emails like, oh, just dropping you a quick line to, you know, sorry to interrupt your day. I just wanted to do this. And I still use the word sometimes, but I'm very mindful of it because I used it a lot before. Uh, and now every single time I write it, I'm like, ooh, do I really want to say that? Is that what yeah, I meant? <laughs> That's the exact same example I was going to say. Because um, we, we, we did some content on that recently. And ever since then, I've been very conscious about using that. Because I, I would always use that every time I emailed anyone that I hadn't you know, spoken to in a few days or it's everywhere. It's in our tone. It's in our language that we're verbally speaking. We write it. I'm, and we actually did a great piece, a resource about essentially like 10 words that women um, and everyone, but women should purge from their vocabulary or seek out and destroy as much as possible. And I reread my what I write, um, all my emails when I'm writing an article when I'm working on a podcast script and I look mm -hmm. for that word just, and it's like, I do a search in, in the document for longer documents. Mm -hmm. I search and destroy. And, and I, there are some times um, that you, it, you do need the word just, but rarely. Mm -hmm. And it demeans, uh, it, we're lessening our position. We're basically taking away our strength when we use that word. It's like, we're asking for permission to follow it's up so and do our job. <laughs> so true. I, um, I've become more conscious of this when I'm putting out emails in particular. I really think about, it's easy for me to put together an email and I tend to be wordy. So I look back at what I wrote and now I'm also looking at it through the framework of, is this as strong as it can be? Um, and it's, become part of my editing process. And I believe down the road, it won't have to be editing as much as it's just going to be how I write. <laughs> you know, like I, I think we, it's hard to do these things in the beginning when we're on the lookout for, it might be a simple word like just, or it might be a bigger concept that we're, that we're being careful about. And in the beginning, it takes effort because we're reprogramming ourselves to get there. But at some point there, you know, there's a tipping point where that's just how we think and it becomes easier at that point. And we start looking at more minute details instead of these big picture ones. So I think, you know, this is, this is where we say, like, if you can understand the big picture of what your brand or style should be, and you're driving towards that all the time, we're constantly going to make improvements in that area. Um, and we're constantly going to be looking for feedback about how we're coming across so we can adapt 
what we're putting out there if it's not saying what we want to say. But all of this is, you know, a constant work in progress. And I think, you know, obviously we've all honed in on the use of the word just. There's so many things that you can put in that space. I mean, we just tackle them one at a time and try to get there. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's a key step. You, you take a step and you're going to adapt, as you said, and you're going to learn that and you're going to be ready for the next step. And sooner than you would think, you will have incorporated that into your style and you're moving you're just moving forward every day, every week, and every month. So, Absolutely. Um, and you know, there may even be different aspects of your personal style that come out in different scenarios. Um, something about my background, I used to be a competitive gymnast. And there's something about competing. Um, you know, I was always really nervous and but I was also a performer. So, you know, I would try to delay the nerves by saying, oh, you know, you're working really hard right now. But when you salute the judge, that's when that's when you can control the outcome of the future. Right. So just put the work in now. And when you salute the judge, be nervous in that moment, but turn it into being the best you can be in that moment. Um, and so there was something about how I trained myself in that way so that when I saluted the judge, I almost was a different version of myself. I was becoming the performance version of myself. What's really interesting for me now is that I, you know, I retired from gymnastics at the ripe old age of 22, but I've been able to use that skill in my career long after gymnastics ended for me because when I give presentations or workshops, I have to perform. It's the more extroverted performance version of myself. It's me dialed up at you know an eight or nine instead of where I would normally hover as a very introverted person. So I, for me, this it's maybe a similar brand and style, but there are different levels of it that come out and different things that I focus on at different moments um, that I need for different aspects of how I run my own business. So I think that's also something that we can play with. You know, when you've developed a personal style and you're bringing it into the work, the workspace, does that look a little different when you're in a one-on-one -on -one meeting versus a, you know, a big, multi-department meeting. Um, how, how does that come across differently when you're with external stakeholders versus with your own team? It, does it look different? And these are all questions that we can answer. We have to know the big, again, the big picture first, but these are all nuances of it that we get to play with over time. Right, right, absolutely. And I agree fully because you, you do present yourself differently in those different settings and I know I do. So, <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and uh, what plays well in a small conference room setting doesn't play as well on a stage in front of a large, in a large, um, uh, like at a conference and a presentation. So yeah. you do. And have, some of that is you know, to making tactical decisions too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. You know, thank you, Melissa. Thank you for sharing your insights and wisdoms on developing a personal style and brand today. Um, 
We appreciate your sage advice and loved the conversation about the words that we need to purge from our conversation. We had some real <laughs> common ground there. Yeah, I can't wait to see that resource you had to share. And thank you so much for having me on today so we could talk about this. This is um, this is all a subject matter that I've been looking at a lot more closely recently. And if anybody out there is listening and wants to reach out to me about some of their experiences with developing their own style and brand, I'd love to hear what your experiences have been and, and use that to fuel how I interact with uh, other women in the career world. Yeah, I agree. And and we'll add your links to our audience show notes. So uh, to your website and your social channels. And we will include a link to the resource uh, that we've been talking about with the that we ended up connecting on with the uh, the words to purge. And uh, and I agree uh, for anyone who'd like to give us to chime off and give us some ideas and some comments. We would love to hear your thoughts. I second Melissa on that. And I want to thank everyone who joined us today. And uh, finally, if you do have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. <laughs>